This is the Circle City News with Madison. And Mark, and I would like to take a quick shout out to our sponsor, Law Office of Mark Nicholson. He fights against the travesty of justice and he has made this podcast possible today. like to take a moment to shout out our sponsor Mark Nicholson at the law office of Mark Nicholson fighting against the travesty of justice so reach out if you have any legal needs he'll get that taken care of for you we'd also like to shout out our avid listeners somebody who's been here from the jump from the startup point of Eminem podcast Lance thank you Lance for checking out our podcast every week and being a fan we definitely love our fans and the outreach of our community, and we really appreciate you stopping by every Saturday to check us out. So thank you, Lance. Hi, Lance. I thank you, too, from Nevaeh. And honestly, you should probably go check out my OnlyFans. Um, it's at Nevaeh Chanel. So Nevaeh is spelled N-E-V-E-A-H-C-H-A-N-E-L. Hope to see you soon, Lance. Anyone else out here that's listening, we appreciate you. This is the Circle City News, and today is... Saturday, December 4th, 2021. And I am here with Madison, Nevea, and Shannon. Shannon is our uh, special guest today. Uh, she is a uh, sex coach and she's going to be talking about what that profession is. I think the job title sounds fascinating and I'm really interested to hear a lot about uh, that. Now, I hope everyone had a uh, happy Thanksgiving. Did you have a good Thanksgiving, Madison? I did. I had a great Thanksgiving. I was in Florida and I actually went to um, Orlando Universal Studios. So I did amusement park with my sister and my mom. My birthday was on Tuesday. So it was like a fun Thanksgiving birthday celebration. Um, I rode the Hulk. Awesome. Favorite ride. Uh, it was a great time. <laughs> how about like you guys? How, how are we doing, Indiana? How are we doing today? Not half bad, Madison. We had a good Thanksgiving, too. It was definitely nice to be able to spend some time with family. And uh, I got to explore a little bit of uh, different cultures for Thanksgiving. I actually spent it with um, co-workers this year. And uh, we had an Italian Thanksgiving. So it was a good time. Oh, that's awesome. How about you, Shannon? I had a wonderful, tame Friendsgiving where my friends and I got together had a little potluck, and then afterwards went and watched the Saints game, sadly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> awesome. Well, I like starting off with a little bit of news. And one of the stories that kind of pulled to my heart, I, I love animals. Uh, and this story about an officer who uh, went to a home because the uh, alarm went off. When he got to the scene, he started kicking a dog and in this video you can hear the dog like just like screaming and you know you know like yelping and and it's really painful uh it was put on twitter and they had the i'm, I'm not gonna i'll say it's ring doorbell but i don't know if it was actually the ring doorbell but whatever the home surveillance type of camera uh, videotaped it you know the whole incident right and then somebody put it like on twitter or read it and, and all that kind of stuff but it was here in indiana he just walked up and and you know could just hear you know him hitting the dog with his foot and kicking it for really no reason at all other than the dog was barking uh, so it makes you wonder you know what this officer would do if some human was like getting on his nerves i don't know the story as far as 
if there's been any discipline or whatever, but uh, to the officer, but I mean, it was, it was in Terre Haute, which is also called Vigo County, um, which is west of, uh, of Indianapolis, several hours away, but it's just, it's, it's sad to use a dog like that. Unhealed toxic masculinity will come for us all if we don't address it. So glad you brought that to the forefront. Did we have his name or did they release it? They might not have. That, you know, that's interesting. You, you mentioned that because in the article I read, his name was not mentioned, but it's, inter but it's interesting when it's the other side, right? When, you know, my clients do something inappropriate or illegal, they don't have a problem like blasting their picture and their name all over, you know, the internet and stuff. And but their when family officer, is involved, right? Yeah. Exactly. A little bit of a layer of protection there. Yeah, that's messed up. That's messed right. up. And the other brief story is about porch pirates. And porch pirates are people that steal things from your porch. They can steal your DoorDash meal, your Grubhubs, your Amazon, or UPS, FedEx, whatever. There are a couple of things you can do, especially with the holiday season, in regards to trying to protect yourself from these porch pirates. One, as Nevea mentioned um, earlier before we got on air, uh, have your neighbors look out and keep an eye on any packages that you know are going to be delivered. Uh, track your packages uh, to try to make sure that you're home when they're being delivered. You can also sign up for this thing with the, the postal service where they can send you email messages, letting you know what's coming before it even comes. Like they scan all mail and then they'll send you an email saying, Hey, this is what's coming. So you know exactly what's coming. Some things you can do are request a signature for deliveries. Uh, and if you're getting Amazon, Amazon has a, a lock, a locker called Amazon Locker. So your, your um, packages can actually get delivered in an Amazon Locker. Some of these little tips that we're sharing we'll have when we actually post the, the, um, um, the information online with the video and we'll have that posted. So that was my tip for the, protecting yourself from porch pirates. Uh, and at this time, I'd like Madison to go ahead and introduce our special guest and take it away with the interview. Thank you. Absolutely. So Shannon, thank you so much for spending time with us today and coming on board. I just learned that you are a sex coach and that is the profession you follow. You have a very impressive website that we will link um, to the description of this video so you guys can check out all her lessons and all the stuff she provides. Um, will you tell us a little bit about the services that you provide and what the profession is that you do? Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for having me. It's really exciting to be here. It's funny when I say sex coach, most people's initial thought is, you know, just like me with a whistle and knee high socks and like a clipboard and a bullhorn, like yelling at them. <laughs> um, and that is not what a sex coach does. Although I do have a friend who really wants me to take that marketing angle and maybe one day for fun, I will. But, <laughs> but a sex coach is more along the lines of, you know, if you know what a life coach is, it's kind of like a life coach, but for your sex life, right? This isn't something like sex therapy, where if you've actually got, you know, some kind of psychological issues attached to your sexuality that need to be addressed by a therapist, then by all means, please see a therapist or a sex therapist. A sex coach is more someone who will help you set goals. You know, you recognize, you know, my sex life isn't really where I want it to be. And I don't really have any like mental health conditions in my way, but I 
do think I could be taking some steps to improve my sex life. And I'm not sure which steps those are and which ones I should take first. And like, you know, also just getting basic questions answered. How do I do this safely? Is it okay to want this particular thing? Why can't I orgasm is a really big question from a lot of clients I get. <laughs> um, so things like that, just like, I suspect my sex life could be better, but I don't really know how to get there. And so a sex coach helps you sit down, look at what your sex life is like right now, where you would like for it to be, and then lay out some sort of milestones and a path to get to that sex life you want. Oh, excellent. So with your clients, do you get a lot of like solo people coming to you for questions? Or do you get couples, people that come in pairs, kind of group counseling ever? What's the typical structure of that? Yeah, I currently get a lot of solo people. That's just what I tend to be attracting at the moment. A lot of people who are figuring out their, their sexuality and their interests, especially with the pandemic and having to spend a lot of time on our own and slowing down dating. I do get some couples. The biggest thing with couples is the mismatched libido situation where one person wants a lot more sex than the other person. And they're coming for almost mediation with that problem. You know, is this a bridgeable gap or are we over? Do we need to try ethical non-monogamy to try and get the higher libido person's needs met? Like, what do we do here? So those are most of my couples. The rest of my people are a lot of solo people sort of figuring out like, am I wrong for wanting this particular sexual thing? Can I overcome shame around this particular thing? You know, can I overcome shame around sex in general? Some people are brought up in more conservative households where they've been taught that sex is a shameful thing. So some of the work we're doing is overcoming that. And then a little bit of, hey, am I addicted to porn? You know, and doing some coaching on figuring that out. Definitely. <laughs> I have a, a question. I want to kind of bust down as a stereotype that I, I have. You know, obviously, you know, you have client confidentiality, so I'm not asking anything of that nature. But in your practice, do you notice with the I'll just say sex drive because easier for me to say that than libido. But it, with the different sex drives, is it normally the men who seem to have the um, the higher sex drive? We want more sex than the women, or is it fifty fifty? Or it's about, and maybe possibly because you know I'm a, a female presenting person, so I get more female you know uh, clients coming at me. So for me, I see both. It feels 50-50. I might be getting a disproportionate number of women coming to me because they're just like, I need to talk to a fellow woman about this, you know? Um, so that might be what's happening. But I, I get the sense that it happens both ways there, you know? And I also have some gender non-conforming clients who that's happening for as well, um, who are socialized as male or female. And it happens across the board. There's a lot of really frustrated women out there. Why? You know, <laughs> I didn't think there's a stereotype that it's more of a men have the higher libido and women have the lower one. And that is a social experience that's really common because it's a taught thing. But when it comes down to our drive, like our actual internal drive, it, we all have it regardless of gender. 
I do want to say that I think it's excellent too, Shannon, that like uh, you as a woman in the industry too, it's it's going to be one of those things where we have to break those uh, stereotypes, as you said, and kind of um, breaking through those taboos and these, uh, you know, topics that have been so hush hush, but yet we're all involved in it, right? I like how you kind of also touched on Maslow's hierarchy of needs there because, you know, everyone's different levels are going to be different, right? Just like everyone's love languages are receiving and, you know, taking are going to be different as well. And I like that you're kind of eliminating those stigmas around that by welcoming conversation on topics that, like I said, no longer really need to be taboo, but, you know, the society that we live in, it still kind of has those stereotypes or those taboos attached to it, but people like you are eliminating that. So we appreciate that. Yeah. Happy to do it. I'm trying so hard. One of the, the examples I'm using lately is try to think of your sex drive as your need for sleep. Like we all need it. And we need different levels of it. Some people can get by on four hours of sleep at night. I can't, I need like eight hours or else I'm just not really functional the next day. And so everyone's kind of different in their level of need. And you might sacrifice some sleep for an exciting time of year. The holidays are coming up. People might sleep a little less to spend more time with loved ones. And then people might sleep extra when the time, when life is really tiring, you know, and just really draining. And maybe it's the winter months and it just makes sense to sleep longer, you know. And so things flow and things depend on our social situation. And our sex drive is a lot like that. Some of us need more, some of us need less, but... Either way, it's it's there. It's a part of us and who we are. It exists. Fascinating point. So a little bit about your process. How do people go about finding you and setting up appointments? How does the appointment work? Is it over the phone? Do they meet? Uh, what's like a typical structure for you? I just started offering sessions this year. And because everyone's being really careful about exposures where I'm at, you know, we're still doing a lot of Zoom sessions. So I'm online. And as long as you're comfortable doing a Zoom session, I'm happy to do a 25 or 50 minute session over Zoom. A lot of people find me on social media. I'm on a lot of sites. uh, And so that's where most people will encounter me. I also write weekly articles. So I have a blog on my website. And then I also have sort of a Medium account where I do more in-depth, like digging into particular problems. And so people will find me sometimes on those channels and connect with me there. Uh, I do mostly one-on-one sessions lately, but I also have monthly classes at a local pleasure school in New Orleans, and that's been really fun. A lot of people find me through the pleasure school's website or through other people who have taken the classes who are just like, you should really take this class. It's fun. Oh, cool. So where are you based? Where are you located? I'm in New Orleans. Oh, you are fabulous. Uh, a little off topic here, but how's the climate, the COVID climate in NOLA? Have you guys taken yeah. a big hit? I know we had talked about it in a previous podcast that there were some rumors that um, it was getting really strict out there. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, our we've had a very strict approach to COVID. We got hit really early, really hard. You know, the the virus we didn't realize was in the city for Mardi Gras 2020. So Mardi Gras 2020 happened with the virus present, but nobody knew it was. So we were in that initial big, difficult wave and we had a lot of focus on us because of that. Um, and everyone locked down, everyone stayed home, everyone did what they had to do in the city of New Orleans. Sometimes the state of Louisiana isn't quite on board, but the city of New Orleans tends to be and we were able to sort of, you know, get the numbers down to a more manageable level and slowly opened up. But then there was a peak again, I think, with the Delta variant. So things kind of went up again and everyone locked down and got strict again. And we're currently in a good place, you know, and I think over 75% of the city is vaccinated, those who are able to get vaccinated. So we're in a good place. We're a little concerned about the new variant, but 
I think what happens is a lot of the states around us and even other Louisiana residents get used to the more lax rules where they're at. And then they come visit New Orleans, which is obviously a, you know, a great city to visit. And they come and they're just surprised that they have to show proof of vaccination or a negative test to get into a restaurant. Whereas okay. for us, we've just been doing that for months and it's normal for us, you know? So Ooh. I think that's what really happens. Yeah. Okay. So you do have to show um, proof that that is like a, a norm. I think, yeah, I think they still show proof. We now do not have to wear masks except on buses and, and some like public buildings. But yeah, I think we... I think we're still showing vaccination status to get into venues. Oh, wow. Sorry, that was just my own curiosity. Um, I had yeah. maybe thought about living in, in NOLA um, recently yeah. this last year, but it's I heard that- a great that, place to live. <laughs> yeah, I know for art and everything too. I'm really anxious to get back in there and explore. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> but I do have another question um, about your practice. What are your goals for your website or for your individualized profession? Where do you hope to to take this? I envision myself long-term personally being a speaker. You know, I'd like to, to fill auditoriums and talk about just in general, these views that we have about sex that are really holding us back. And it, it hurts us not just in our sex life, right? If we're dissatisfied sexually, we carry that with us into the rest of our lives and we wind up unhappy. And so I'm not saying that everyone having more sex or better sex will like you know, bring us world peace, but I think it would get us closer, you know, <laughs> I think we'd be a lot happier <laughs> and a little less on edge with each other, you know, um, and so I think it's, you know, everything's a, I used to be a classroom teacher, so everything's a, a multi-angle approach, you know, to creating a better world, and so I'm really enjoying this thread and taking this angle of attack on making the world a better place. It's a fun angle of attack, right, and I think just my, my hope, you know, my mission is to really just start to dismantle sex negativity and just take it apart and just get people to a place where it's like, look, we're human. We're all here because of sex. We wouldn't be here without it. <laughs> like it's like breathing or drinking water or feeding yourself. Like just have sex, do it. It's fine. Necessity. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I want to touch on that too, Shannon, because I feel like you make a really good point. I know that personally, as a woman, I have a very high sex drive, right? And something that has never really been a taboo topic um, in my upbringing, um, in my household, was sex. Uh, my mom was very fluid, very transparent about the topic. And personally, um, from my viewpoint, I feel like the uh, the absence of taboo, the absence of this negative stigma attached to learning about sexuality as a child, kind of shaped my perspective and my viewpoint on sexuality as a you know a young woman today. And I know that. You know, we have to remember, too, we don't all have our automatic tools in our tool toolbox, right? We're not inherently, you know, knowing that this is a healthy sex life or this isn't a healthy sex life. What are we basing it on? Conversations that we've had with our parents or friends um, in the media, right? Uh, maybe you took a sex ed class. Maybe you took a health class in high school. I mean, maybe you talked about STDs for a semester. But did we talk about, you know, orgasming? Did we talk about, you know, the different levels of need and the things that are also crucial when it comes to talking about sexuality? Absolutely not. Um, we are living in a society that's based on this abstinence mentality. And personally, I feel like that's something that we need to evolve out of. And people like you providing these tools and providing this conversation to our community is definitely a step towards that. So very admirable. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, another kind of going on to Vea's point, I'm the victim of this, you know, I'll, you know, confess, but the 
the idea that, you know, our children can watch like violence, but sex is X-rated, right? You know, you can't, can't see you say, I, I, I got two children. I I'm, I'm the same way, you know, like, yeah, I don't mind you guys watching these superheroes where they're beating and killing folks and all that kind of stuff. Like, but boy, close your eyes, two people kissing, you know, you can't see that, you know, uh, and it's very you know, cultural. Yes, you know, and um, but Nevaeh kind of you know mentioned that about you know this this the upbringing, and it's really shameful in America. I think when you go to some other places, like you know, a woman without a shirt on may not be this ah oh, you know this is everybody's going to hell, um, but in America it's just like you know you you watch two people you know having sex and it's just like this is a, just a adult rated and taboo but yeah you can watch something where someone's head gets blown off and you know that's that's okay i guess because it's 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 not real or something and um, i i really feel for parents because i think they're they're just perpetuating the upbringing they had right you're just mm-hmm. like well i didn't i wasn't spoken to frankly about sex growing up so how am i supposed to do this with my kids you know right. uh, I, I have no model to work from and there are now we're starting to find sex educators that specifically work with parents who want to do better than their own parents did when it comes to sex ed which is really exciting that's not my particular niche but they they do exist there are parent groups for this you know which is amazing and i love it but yeah, it's, you know, my own upbringing. I didn't really get much of a sex talk. I really more got just a period talk. Like that was my sex talk, <laughs> which isn't really the same at all. Um, and, you know, I, I wound up just spending a whole lot of time in the library and then eventually on the internet kind of educating myself, right? And that's something you got to think about is, is that where we, you know, books are great. There are now more reliable internet sites for information. And if you are able to trust that, your children can figure out reliable information on the internet versus unreliable information, then maybe you're comfortable with them self-teaching. But if you'd rather the information come from you, if you feel you have good information to share, how do we overcome that barrier and say, hey, kid, this is going to be a little awkward, but I'd rather try than not try. Right. We're talk about this. Yeah. That's right. Especially in America, too, we have a really bad habit of fetishizing violence, guns, gang violence, instead of like fetishizing love. And even when we're talking about sex, it's always some sort of like submissive, dominant kind of like fight for power instead Mm -hmm. of it being associated with love. I feel like America needs to take bigger steps towards learning how to love yourself, how to love one another. And Shannon, you being um, a conduit for um, that sort of like bodily expression of love is great strides in the right direction. Nevaeh, you were talking about sex education. In Florida, we had zero classes. I don't even think in fifth grade we ever talked about it, ever. And I met a girl, Mia, in college and she was from Colorado. And by the time she was in the sixth grade, she had six classes of sex education. So even in different places in the country, there's um, a different mentality that goes into it. So so sort of just like normalizing, speaking about it will do wonders for the South even specifically, because we're in no man's land out here. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, you're not, you're not in no man's land. You're in too many man's land. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to add too, and maybe a different uh, viewpoint here, but um, I'm an art nude model, right? And I've been in the industry um, in totality for about 10 years. And I've been doing the art nude thing for about eight. And something that I, 
often deal with is obviously the sexualization of the human body, right? And kind of, uh, once again, it's very taboo work. And, you know, we're transgressing out of that stage of, you know, uh, normalizing the human body, free the nipple movement, you know, those types of things, which is nice because, you know, the type of, you know, work that's associated with nude modeling is often uh, porn or, you know, something with a negative stigma attached to it. When in reality, it's just art. Yeah. Uh, but we're not used to seeing art that's of nude. We're not used to seeing art in that fashion in our society. And we still have these instilled social stigmas mm-hmm. that people like you are breaking down each day. So we thank you. And I think like you say too, it is like that we are, we sexualize things that aren't necessarily sexual, including the human body. I remember the first time I was ever naked in front of someone who did not see the naked female form as inherently sexual. He just couldn't care less. He was just moving around doing his thing, like with a pay attention to me. He's like, "Why? <laughs> just because you're, you're naked? I need to pay attention to you." You know? And I was like, "Well, yeah, I'm." You know? He's like, "It just, eh. you know." He, he'd spent time around a lot of nude people. His parents had been nudists, and he was just like, "It's just a, it's a body." And when it's doing sexy things, that's sexy. But like, you're just existing naked. That's not inherently sexy. You know? Yeah. It was a really interesting take. You know, it's also interesting too, Nevaeh, when you talked about the body as nude art and people not being able to see that, it brought me to a lot of these Greek and Roman statues of a lot of times men, you know, being nude, their penis showing and stuff like that. And, you know, it's like, there was this whole history of these nude, you know, art type, you know, models, but then, you know, we get into the present day and it's almost like the only way that can be done is, is, is through like sex, which I personally don't think that, you know, porn is, is negative. Although the society may say, Hey, this is, this is negative. And, you know, it's a bad thing, but yet, you know, you go to a museum or whatever, and here's this picture of this, you know, statue, you know, and, you know, the muscles and all that kind of stuff. Engaging and, in sport. Yes, engaging all in sport. All we can look at is, it's naked. <laughs> yes, you know, it's just like, you know, um, it's just, it, it to me, it, it's kind of this weird, you know, situation that we've kind of created, this, made like an artificial barrier that we've set up. And then we put in certain, if you like a certain thing, then it's like there's something wrong with you almost in a sense. Like to me, I think a penis is unattractive. I have one. It's not very attractive uh, to look at, you know, <laughs> but I like women's body, right? And so you can get an answer. So if this person likes the female body and there's certain parts of the body that their person is attracted to, whether it's the hair, eyes, hands, feet, butt, breast, whatever, then it becomes, well, almost like, well, you're weird if you, if you like that, or the one may think I have to kind of over-sexualize it just to have the man, you know, kind of be attracted to me when it's like your natural beauty should kind of be enough. I mean, I can go on and on about it, but I know we don't have it all that time. It it all becomes really interwoven and gets really complex. And that sort of 
what drew me to the topic is I'm I'm like I enjoy complexity. I like trying to take things apart and trying to categorize and you can't always categorize. That's kind of the fun of it, right? Is where am I going to draw the lines today? Right? <laughs> and, right. and what's this where's it, this thread going to take me today? And last week when we were off air, we talked about homosexuality and then also as it relates to uh, the male we have to do a show on this the male peace spot right mm -hmm. you know and how some men think oh well i must be gay if i like uh, a prostate massage and it's just like yeah. you know well but who 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 said that which related to oral sex right well if you like someone to perform all sex on you well does that make you gay because i mean a mouth is a mouth yeah but for some who do you reason want, who do you want stimulating your peace spot that would be a more interesting question to me yes yes <laughs> that's why you're the pro <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. a really good way to flip it right so, yeah. yeah i mean i think about the one of the classes i offer at the pleasure school is a class on strap-on sex and the class is often full of straight heterosexual couples and the men who are there are very straight and they specifically want their female partners doing, you know, this act on them to stimulate their peace spot. And they're not gay, you know, they wouldn't want a man doing that. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's certainly, there's the acts and then there's who you'd like to be doing those acts with. I think you have an article on your website too um, that talks about that. Probably. <laughs> so I, I do want the listeners and the viewers as well to know that we will have her contact information uh on our website as well with the link to her website her contact information you can get from her website as well with, with, with the link and i don't know if madison you had anything else uh no shannon but i do look forward to buying your tickets to your crowd <laughs> speeches i'm very yeah. looking forward to that and if i ever find myself in nola i'll um be sure to pop in or hit you up for that. Definitely. Yeah, please reach out. I love showing people around and, you know, showing also the the darker, kinkier, quieter spots that not all the visitors always find. <laughs> cool. Very <Awesome>. cool. <laughs> yeah. Before you leave, Shannon, is there anything else you would like to, to add or? I mean, just, you know, again, thank you for having me and to anyone listening. You know, if you're experiencing kind of shame around sex if you feel held back like just know that it's normal like you're you're normal as long as whatever you want doesn't hurt anyone you're you're fine you know um so whatever if you're there wondering and you feel really alone and like you're weird or strange for wanting what you want like again as long as you're not hurting anyone you're not you're fine you know that's it awesome that's good stuff i, I will say unless the other person consents to wanting to be hurt well that would be yeah right and that's you know it's a different kind of hurt there when right, someone's yeah. consenting to the hurt right. <laughs> you take care happy holidays merry christmas all the good stuff i wish you the best and i'll be in touch with you about some of your articles too that i would like to uh get your permission you know to repost and everything sounds right. great thank you and happy holidays everyone it's really great to meet you thank you so much shannon you as well thank you so much for coming on yeah. today we really appreciate yeah. it right. thank you shannon bye-bye right. all right she was fun so fun Could have yeah. Done yeah. yeah she was awesome it was really good uh, yeah i didn't know she was from nola i got all i got all lit up about that you did <laughs> 
started getting different directions though. Yeah, I was about to take it somewhere different, but yeah. um, I, I do want to throw out a couple other little news blips for you. In the local scene of Indiana, they are doing a campaign called Send the Love. They are asking the Hoosiers to send five dollars. Hoosiers, Hoosiers, Hoosiers. Yes. The Villa Hoosiers. Right. <laughs> to send $5 to um, an alternate nonprofit every week. This week, they are highlighting Refugees Place, which is a direct source help for homeless community in the Indiana area. So if you have $5 to spend or to share, please consider sending it to the Send a Love campaign. And moving toward national news, today we have a super moon total solar eclipse. So the moon will be moving in front of the moon or moving in front of the sun, uh, highly transformative energy, uh, very potent and powerful. If you're feeling overwhelmed today, don't worry, you're not alone and you can blame the moon <laughs> if you'd like. <laughs> also with that with that new moon, uh, during this eclipse, also people be prepared. There might be some rapid changes going on, uh, a big shift. Uh, this is essentially an opening of a portal that has a lot of energy attached to it for you to be able to make changes and shift into that. I'm also a spiritual medium on the side. So astrology is my thing. <laughs> very, very cool. I didn't want to do this, but figured we might as well. A new COVID variant called Omicron has been found in Toronto and 11 U.S. states. So just prioritize your health in the upcoming season. You know, definitely take extra precautions, extra herbs, extra immuno drink shot cayenne peppers that you need to, to take to get your immunity in a solid place so you don't have to fear and you can live freely. And it's I, this is more of a conspiracy, but it's interesting that the Omicron drops right around the Giswell or Ghislaine Maxwell trial, which has begun under the radar, not televised, and nearly two years after the sex trafficking ring had been exposed. So that was just a hot little gossip that's going on in the nation today. The trial has begun and we're getting little leaks of information as it continues, um, but keep an eye out for that and the progression of that case as well. Oh, ironic. How funky. Simultaneously occurring. Ooh. <laughs> now, I know Nevaeh has something that she wants to talk about and which is a little on the dark side. We can't end on that note. So I'm going to say, I got, I got something after you. So go ahead. All right. Excellent. Thanks, Mark. So I kind of wanted to touch base on um, the situation that has been going on in Oakland County, Michigan. On November 26, the parents of Ethan Crumbly purchased a nine millimeter gun for their son um, and took them out to the range and things of that nature. Ethan is 15 years old. On 1029, just a few days after getting the weapon, um, he was caught at school digging through ammunition and a text later sent from his mother said, um, essentially, next time don't get caught. Um, then on the 30th, there was a mass shooting um, at a high school in Oakland County, Michigan, where several shot, 10 students were shot. The child was arrested and the warrant went out for the parents for involuntary manslaughter if they refused to show up to the original hearing to be arraigned. So the parents were on the go. They were on the run. Um, just for a few days, though, um, Detroit City Police ended up finding them at 1 of 45 approximately in the morning this morning. Um, they went in front of a judge today. Uh, the parents were arraigned on involuntary manslaughter and are facing a $500,000 cash surety bond with no 10% on that. So 
Um, that's to be a topic that we're definitely going to be following. School shootings have been a hot topic, you know, in general, unfortunately, as of lately. And um, this kind of opens up uh, some conversation around weapon safety um, and how we can kind of prevent these things from happening. So stay tuned on the updates on that one, too. Um, that will be progressing on, in time. Wow. Yeah, it, it's, um, you know, I, I don't know what the answer is with America's gun culture to uh, the the school shootings and it just it just is shameful that it seems like every year or whatever like there's these, these mass school shootings i mean once columbine happened i mean that was the probably the, the biggest and most you know with the modern day media that was the one that got a lot of attention there i'm sure there were some before that and then it seems like okay if i'm in school this is the i want to be upset depressed bullied whatever this is the solution. And it's just, it, it's just so sad to add that layer of stress, including the layer of stress of just being a student, being a teacher and the stress of the disease of COVID. Right. So, I mean, and then all the other stuff that goes with being in those positions. And then here it is adding that in there. It's just, and there was a big thing too that was in, um, according to M Live and M Live's been following the article since day one, uh, the story since day one. But it also stated that the gun that um, Ethan brought to school was the one that his father had bought him, but it was stored unlocked under the parents' bed. Um, and I know that's a conversation. Obviously, when you go in for your concealed pistols license or when you're planning on owning a weapon, there are some responsibilities that come with that. And oftentimes, when you buy a pistol from the store, it'll come at least with one of those chain locks that you can put on the weapon itself, if not a lockbox. And the fact that the gun wasn't locked up brings up a whole nother, you know, window of conversation, you know, about how prepared these children are to even use weapons, keyword children, um, and what kind of education and tools we're providing to these people that do use weapons to promote safety and well-being of those around them. And it just appears to me that um, if you know anything about gun safety, as somebody that has their uh, CPL themselves, has carried for years you just know that if there's children in the home you lock that up um you store your ammunition not in the weapon i mean these are things you learn in these classes and the uh, series of events that have taken place with this particular school shooting and those others in the past as well leads me to believe that we need to have some more conversations about gun safety and ways that we can rectify these types of uh situations from happening again absolutely 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 Today, December 4th, is National Cookie Day. So I want to end on that. So I make sure everyone gets a cookie. These were invented like the 7th century in Persia. It's probably one of the most revered desserts in the world, especially in America. I'll say in America anyway, but the most the cookie is just everybody loves cookies. Chocolate chip, oatmeal, raisin, whatever, sugar cookie. So go out to one of your favorite cookie places like uh, Crumble, Crumble Cookie. Uh, Subway really has good cookies, too. Make some at home. Uh, Ruth Wakefield, <laughs> inventor of the chocolate chip cookie, one of my uh, sheroes in life. It just I'm telling you, my life has been made a lot happier because of cookies. And I'm going to eat some today. I promise you. So. <laughs> and salmonella from eating cookie dough is a lie. That is all a myth. You eat is it really? <laughs> No, but I just haven't gotten sick yet. So I'm going to call it a myth. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I've been eating cookie dough for all these years too. And I haven't gotten sick. Now there's, there are, there, there is some cookie 
dough, the refrigerated cookie dough mix that says it's edible, like you can eat it. So they did whatever they could. So, cause I've had that for my kids. Like, okay, you can eat this stuff, but yeah, so. Oh, that's oh, the crumble right. cookies too, by the way, there is a crumble cookies if you're local to the Indianapolis area in Greenwood and they have rotating uh, cookie options as far as their menu concerned. So they have them rotating every week with different things. So if you're local to the area, I would definitely recommend going and stopping by because I mean, who can say no to a warm cookie, especially on National Cookie Day? Am I right, Mark? Am I right? You're totally right. Oh, You're okay. totally right. <laughs> so if you would like to be a guest on our show, you can reach us at CircleCityNews.com. Go to the website there. Also, we can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the YouTube, Facebook, kind of all over social. I just started an Instagram page, and we're also on Twitter. So, yeah, watch and listen. Yes, watch and listen on all those places. And we look forward to producing more good shows for you. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. Bye, Indiana. Thanks for checking us out. See you next week. Bye. Later, Gators. Gators.